Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, night divine. Amen. Christmas is coming, and as you notice, we've had an addition to our stage up here, our two houses, and uh, these are part of our sermon series that we're doing, and also a big part of our Christmas program, which is on the 20th. We want to invite everybody to come to that and uh, have some fun and see a lot of talent in the church that you may not know exists. We've got some great actors, some comedians. We've, we've got some awesome singers. And so I encourage you to come to that. But I, I have a scripture for you. It's not going to be on the screen up here, but it's Matthew 7, 24 and 27. And, and again, it's not on the screen. You're going to have to do it old fashioned and look it up or you can just hear from me. And the title of my message we're going to do for the next couple of weeks is Home for Christmas. How many know that when Jesus came, he came not just to celebrate a day, but to change your life forever. Amen? Christmas is celebrated on a day, but it needs to be lived every day. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, this is Jesus talking, he says, and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse number 25 says, and the rain fell and the, blood, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And so when we look at the scripture and we see that we have two houses up here, and when we think about our house, it means our life. You know, the, you know I have a sign in my house, and it says, home is where the dog is. Home is where, you know, I'm a dog lover. Home is where the dog is. But really home, when we talk about that, it's, it's, everything revolves around home. It's where you go back to. It's where you spend your most time. It's where your life is. And so Jesus is saying, if you're going to build your life, you need to build your life on these sayings of mine. What is he talking about? He's talking about the word of God. Jesus is saying, build your home, build your life, build everything on the word because the rain's going to come. How many have had some rain come? That's trouble. Trouble's going to come. And sometimes we think, oh, I'm born again now. I'm never going to have trouble. No, that, if you found the secret to that, let me know. All right. You let me know. <laughs> Because we will have trouble. It says the, the rain came, the winds came. Stuff is going to happen. And the question is, are you going to be prepared for it? Are you going to have within you what it takes to get through that? Are you going to build your life on what it takes to get through the wind and the rain of life? Because let me tell you, it's coming. It's coming. It's here. We live in a fallen world. We live in times of trouble. And so not that we're like, oh, God's not into that. God doesn't bring the trouble. He doesn't do that. He brings the answer. He brings the strength. He brings the, the, what fortifies you. That's what his word does. And so we have a choice when we think about Christmas. You say, how is this a Christmas message? Because it's why Jesus came. He came so that you would have what you need 
for the victory. He came so that you would have what you need for healing, for prosperity, for a sound mind, for joy, for the life that Jesus came to give you. Jesus said, when you think about what's Christmas all about, and, and that's what our Christmas play is about. What's Christmas all about? It's Jesus told us in John 10, 10, he said, I came. I came so that you would have life and life to the full. He came to save you. He came to rescue you. He came to love you. He came to equip you. He came to strengthen you. He came for you. Yeah. Amen? And he said, listen, I came for you. Now take what I brought and build your house. Amen? Take what I brought and build your house. There's some people, they leave what Jesus brought they leave it in a manger. It is, it's just a manger to you. It's just a holiday. And Jesus, here's the thing, and it's a, a funny, you know, I think it was a line in a Will Ferrell movie, you know, Jesus grew up. Jesus isn't baby Jesus anymore. Jesus grew up. And so when, when we think about this scripture and what Christmas is about, and what I want to talk about for the next couple weeks is let's bring Jesus home. Amen? Let's make sure that the door of our house is open to Jesus. Amen? Let's make sure that we're building our life and building our house on these sayings of mine, Jesus said. Because that's really what Christmas is about. Christmas is about you. Amen. It's Jesus came for you. We all know the scripture in Luke chapter 2. We all know the scripture and we've all heard it. And these are the scriptures you hear about Christmas. And it's Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called, say the next word with me, Bethlehem. We all know that, right? Because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary. We know that they called a census and he had to go and marry. Uh, the, the Bible says that she was um, with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be for him, for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. I like the New Living. It says, snugly, snugly cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We all, everybody knows that part, right? We know that part, but Christmas didn't stop there. That's just, that's, that, that's not even really the beginning. That's not even the beginning. Christmas is about every day. Because Jesus came. Amen? Because then we see in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, when we look here, and before you get here, I just want to remind you, when people have doubt about the Word of God and the, the, <clears throat> the truth of the Word, you know how I love numbers. I like numbers, and I, I, like, I like facts. And do you know that, they, that people who study the Bible have said, that it would be absolutely impossible for the Bible, as big as it is, it's 66 books, as big as it is, and the time frame in which it is written, from Genesis to Revelation, hundreds of years, hundreds of years from the beginning to the end. Yet from the beginning with all the different authors, from the beginning to the end, 
It is as if, scientists say this, as if a computer has made sure that it lines up in truth and in time. Prophecies that were given. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, this prophecy was given almost 800 years before Jesus was born. We can't get people to agree on something, tell a story on Monday and have the same story on Friday, can we? But yet here we have where a prophecy was given by the prophet eight, almost 800 years. 800 years later, what he said happened. Isn't that incredible? And when that prophecy was given, it was a very difficult time for the children of Israel. They were under captivity. They were in bondage. They were in extreme poverty, extreme distress. And Isaiah came and he said, God keeps his promises. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, you see this on Christmas cards. This portion of scripture is more than a card. It is a promise from God that was fulfilled and is still being fulfilled today. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says, for unto us, see, Christmas is for you. For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh, just let that kind of sink in a little bit. And so Isaiah, almost 800 years before Jesus was born, he speaks out this prophecy. He calls out to the children of God and he reminds them, God keeps his promises. A Savior is coming. And he said, unto us a child is born. And then he has his names. He said, and, he, his, and his name will be called. Names are important. Names are important, especially now, now in, the, in the time that we live in now, people normally pick names by what sounds good. What sounds good. But, you know, names are important. I was looking at, at, at just thinking about names, and so I thought I would look at, Weird names people call their kids. There is a parent who actually their last name was Man. This is a true story. Man. They named their daughter Anita. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. You know that girl had counseling in her future, you know? So she went through her, her whole single life, Anita Man. Anita Man. <laughs> and then there's a, a, a woman and she this is also a true story I was looking up funny names people funny real names and a woman named Helen married a man and his last name was Back <laughs> you'll get it in a second <laughs> and so she said that she that, well her husband used to walk around saying I've been to Helen Back <laughs> Be careful who you marry. Exactly. 
And so name, you know, so now, you know, in our day, it's like, oh, what sounds good? What name do we like? But when names first were coming around, you were named, usually long after you were born, you were named based on who you were to be or your family, what, what their professions were, or it was the lineage, you know, you were named after someone. I mean, names were super important. And God has many names. Many names. And I say this a lot, but it's so true. God gives us his names because he knows the power of a name. It tells who you are. It tells what you do. Your name. And so when we look here, and Isaiah is prophesying, and he's speaking for God. That's what a prophet does. He's speaking for God, and he's reminding the children of Israel. He's, remi- he's telling us, for unto us a child is born. And then he tells his name. And his name will be called. There's power in these names because they tell us who he is. Who he is. And he says, Wonderful Counselor. And those are the two names we're going to talk about today. Because a lot of times we skip over those and go right to Mighty God. But Wonderful Counselor. Listen, in your home, you need a counselor. You need a counselor in your home. You need counsel. You need wisdom. You need to know what to do. You need to know how to raise your kids. You need to know how to treat your spouse. You need to know how to get through hard times. You need a counselor. And sometimes we think a counselor like, oh, I'm going to go lay on the couch somewhere. No, he is the counselor. Amen. And when we look at the names that God gives, and one thing I love about God with, this, with names is, if you ever notice in the Bible that whenever God wanted to redirect somebody's life, he'd give them a new name. He changed Saul to Paul. Why? Because he changed his life. There's power in a name. There's power in a name. And you know what? Our name has been changed. Our name has been changed. The Bible says that we have been adopted into the family of God. You have a new last name. You have a new family. We need to stop saying, oh, that runs in my family. You know what runs in my family? The power of God runs in my family. Amen? The power of God runs in my family because I'm in a new family. And so when we look here and he says, and his name will be called Wonderful, Wonderful. When we use the word wonderful, we're like, oh, that was wonderful. That pizza was wonderful. You know, that show was wonderful. Oh, it's a wonderful day. But you know, that word is bigger than, sometimes words in the Bible, they've lost their meaning for us. And so that word wonderful, when Isaiah wrote the prediction in the coming of the wonderful counselor, wonderful counselor, Listen, you have a choice. You can have a house that's built on the rock or you can have a house that's going to fall. It may not have fallen yet, but without Jesus, it will. You got God's word on it. You got his word on it. And when we look at this and we see what what wonderful counselor, that word wonderful, here's what it literally means. Incomprehensible. God is so good. He is so incredible. He is so powerful. He is so much. You ever hear somebody say that like, oh, she's too much, right? Usually they're not meaning that in a, in a positive way. You're, you're too much. 
The, that word wonderful is incomprehensible. And here's what we have to understand. I do not even have the ability, and neither do you, to comprehend how good God is, how powerful God is, how amazing God is, how much God is. We don't, have, we don't even have the, the ability. And I remember who Isaiah is talking to. He's talking to people in bondage. He's talking to people in slavery. He's talking to people who, who you know, just, just a, a life that we can't even imagine because it's so bad. And he's telling them, listen, God, there is a wonderful, it's beyond your ability. Because they couldn't even, you know, you ever been in a situation you just can't see your way out? You're like, man, I can't see how this is ever going to change. I can't see how I'm ever going to be happy again. I can't see how my body's ever going to be whole again. I can't see how I'm ever going to get out of this pit. I, you can't see it. That's who he's talking to. And you know what? If he was talking to them, he's talking to you. But you don't have to wait 800 years. Jesus came. He came. And he's telling you he is wonderful. He is beyond your ability to understand. You're looking at something that seems like a black hole. He is the light. Amen? But you got to let him in the door. you got to listen to these sayings of mine, Jesus said, and do them. And do them. And when we do, it unlocks that wonderful, incomprehensible, beyond what we can imagine, God. It, it's just like the door to this house is open. you got to ask yourself, is the door to my house open to the things of God? Or have I slammed the door? I ain't doing that. I'm not listening to that. I'm not. Uh, uh. That's, ne <laughs> that's never going to work. I already tried that. Aunt Mabel did that. You know, and you're just shutting the door. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, God is big enough. And we've got to wrap our heads around the fact that, you know what? It's not my job to figure out how he's going to do it. It's my job to know that he is going to do it. And he's big enough to do it. He is incomprehensibly amazing. He's wonderful. Amen. He's wonderful. And his name shall be called Wonderful. In Judges chapter 13, nobody ever reads Judges really. You know, the, ti you know, the, the title of the book just is like, mm, I'm not going to go there. But there's some good stuff in Judges if you read it right. In Judges 13, 18, uh, this is just a, a portion of scripture. And the angel of the Lord responded when Monea, Samson's son, Samson's father, asked him a question. He said, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. Another translation says this. Why do you ask my name? Listen. Since it is beyond your understanding. We got we to gotta recognize that Jesus is bigger than us. Amen. He's smarter than us. He's smarter than you. Amen. He's smarter than you. You know, sometimes you say, Jesus, I know you're smarter than me. I know you're smarter than me. You know, in, in, my, in my life, in my line of work as a pastor, I've been uh, a pastor, the senior pastor of this church for 15 years. That's a long time. 
And I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of people. A lot of people come in. They go out. I've just, you, know, you just see a lot of things. And you, you see up close and personal in people's lives, which is a privilege. It's a privilege. But you also see the pain. And you see the house that people build. You see the house. And you see when the door is shut. You see when Jesus has been removed from the home. You see when someone's heart is getting cold to the things of God. You see it. And then because you got a front row seat, you begin to see the fall. You see the fall. Oh, and it's painful. Because I love people. I love them. And you just want to say, and I do say, why are you turning from the Lord? They say, I'm not, I'm not. Your door's shut. You're doing things your way. And you're not listening to the wonderful counselor anymore. You're doing it your way. If you want to have a house that's built strong, built on a foundation, that even though the rain's going to come, trouble's going to come, wind is going to come, hurt's going to come, offense is going to come, sickness is going to come, lack is going to come, all those things you're not exempt from. But here's the thing, you got the power to get through it. You get the power to get through it. You know, we, we think about Jesus. He demonstrated. He showed. Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful. You know, Jesus, all through his life on this earth, he showed how wonderful he is, how incomprehensible. He did things nobody could explain. He did things nobody thought was possible. The Bible says in Matthew 1.23, in his birth he showed. It says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And you know what? So many people have a problem with the virgin birth. Let me let you in on a secret, people. If you don't believe in the virgin birth, you're missing out on everything that happens after. Because it's part of who God is. But your mind begins to race. You're like, but, but, but. He's incomprehensible. He's beyond your ability. He has to be beyond your ability because he is God. He's God. And so he showed how wonderful he is. And then in Matthew 4, 23, the Bible says he, he showed his power to heal. He healed people that nobody else could. He, heal, he healed the blind. He healed the lame. He brought the dead back to life. The Bible says, and he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And look at this next part. And healing every disease and every affliction among the people. He showed his wonder in his amazing teaching. He showed his wonder in his perfect life. He showed his wonder when he was resurrected from the dead. He is wonderful. He's a big God. He's a big God. And then the second part of what, what, what they say, his title, the, you know, everybody wants a title. Wonderful Counselor. In ancient Israel, a counselor was portrayed as a wise king, such as Solomon. 
Someone who gave guidance to his people. And when Isaiah uses this word, he used it again in, in 28, 29. I'll just read it to you. It says, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. A counselor means we can trust him to listen to our problems. A counselor guides us in the right direction. A counselor fills us with wisdom. But here's the thing about counsel. You have to be honest with a counselor. Amen. That's good. Uh -oh. Because if you're not being honest with a counselor that you're paying, you're not going to get what you pay for. And just a natural counselor, and we're very pro-counseling here, pro-Christian counseling. Yes. I think it's powerful, I think it's effective, and I think it really helps people. Yes, so much so that as a church, we provide it. And you'd be surprised who goes. Lots of people go. Why? Because sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. You need somebody who will look at the situation and isn't friends with this person and friends with that person and it's not your mother-in-law, it's not this person. You need somebody that just is somebody you're never going to see again. But here's the thing, you got to be honest with them. And so if God, God's not a natural counselor. Natural counselors are, are, are limited to natural wisdom. They're limited to their own ability. They can be used by God in a mighty way. But here's the thing. Jesus set the standard because the prophet Isaiah said, a wonderful counselor. You know, Listen to that. A wonderful counselor. We have at our, at our I, I don't like to use this word, but it's true, at our disposal, at our benefit, the, a wonderful counselor. We have the wisdom of God, the power of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding of God, the healing of God. We have all of God available in his counsel. Who would shut the door on that? Right? But his counsel mainly comes through his word. His word. Because just like in a natural counseling situation, if you go and the counselor says, hey, read this book. Read this book. What happens if you don't read the book? You don't get the benefit of it. You don't get the benefit. Or if the counselor says, you know, uh, look at it from this point of view. Look at it from this point of view, and you won't, you're not going to get the benefit, and you're going to stay locked up. Wonderful counselor. Sometimes we forget that's, that's the second word in the title of Jesus, the Messiah. For unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. You have a counselor for your family. You have a counselor for your marriage. You have a counselor for your job. You have a counselor for your finances. You have a counselor for your body and how it works. You have a counselor for, for every relationship in your life. You have a counselor on how to pray for our nation. You have a counselor. And not just any counselor, one who knows everything. He knows everything. He knows every weakness, every strength, every word, every thought you have ever had and he will counsel you through your life if you let him you have a wonderful counselor some people are just afraid of that word counselor 
Jesus' position as our un- incomprehensibly good counselor. What does that mean? It means we can trust him to listen to us. We can trust him to guide us. It means we can be sure he is listening because he told us to pray to him. We can be certain he has our best interest at heart. We can be certain that he has wisdom that no one else has. We can be certain. Here's the thing about the counsel of God. He's already seen where you are going. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and provides. Listen, there's no natural counselor that can do that. The Bible says that God saw this day. He saw this day that we're living And he provided everything we need for it. His grace is sufficient. What's God's grace? Sometimes we think that God's grace is just his, oh, it's going to be okay. I love you. You're okay. No, God's grace is all God's power, all God's ability, all of everything that God has is put in a big ball of grace. His love, his forgiveness, his power, his equipping, everything. It says that his grace abounds towards me. God saw this day and everything you need is abounding towards you. He saw this day and he's equipping you for it. And here's some really great news. He saw tomorrow. He saw next year. He saw, you know, I look back on my life and you don't realize it at the time so often. But I look back and I think and I see where God was preparing me for things. He was using situations and and I see now we're like, oh, that got me ready for here. He's my wonderful counselor. How many times have we had that unction on the inside where the wonderful counselor is speaking to us and saying, don't go there. Don't do that. Or go, do that. And we didn't listen. We didn't listen. How many times are we like, when am I going to listen? Right? When am I going to listen to the Lord? Why? Because he's trying to help me. The Bible says that God will lead me on the best pathway for my life. But I got to listen. I got to recognize him that he's not laying in a manger anymore. He didn't come to stay a baby. Nobody, even babies, don't want to stay babies, right? I mean, it, let's, I, it's so funny to me, little babies, all they want, they want, as soon as they can, they want to do everything on their own. Nobody wants to stay a baby. And the thing is, Jesus didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He's your wonderful counselor. Your wonderful counselor. Listen, whatever you're going through, Christmas is the gift of the power to get you through it. Amen? Christmas is a gift that gives all year long. Because Jesus is here all year long. We just got to make a choice. How open is the door of my home? How open is the door of my home? Are you totally different on Monday than you are right now? Does your Bible stay in your car all week long? 
Do we only praise God when we're here with people? Listen, you need to take Jesus where you are most. You need to let him in your home. When's the last time you prayed at home? When's the last time we really said, Lord, I want to I listen to your sayings, and I want to do them because I want my house on the rock. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus.